the fact that you were Googling a medication before we're actually going to talk about something relating to drugs. Because drugs are both prescription medications and street drugs, right? Yeah, that is correct. Okay. So, um, how's it going, people? I am Janelle. This is my podcast, Fuzzy Brain. I have my, my guest here, Nina. Nina, do you want to introduce yourself and kind of say how you and I became friends? Hey, I'm Nina. I've known Janelle since high school. We went to... We had several classes together, and we sort of went to college together as well, and we just, you know, stuck being friends. We're stuck friends. <laughs> it's actually been, I think, six years since I last seen her, but when I did see her, we were kind of both in a messed up place. We were both very much into staying high or basically just not staying sober. Uh, yeah. What would you say? That is all the correct. <laughs> it's the truth. I want to be as um, true. Uh, I want to be as truthful as I can on my podcast, and I. That's why I, I have you on here because I want you to inform anyone that's listening about drugs and any tips you can give about your history with drugs. So, with that being said, do you know the types? Specify the types of drugs. If you want to look at look at it in a broad aspect, I mean, you have your, you know, plant-based drugs like marijuana and like ketamine and all of those. Um, you have your chemical kind of drugs like narcotics, mm-hmm. uh, those kind of controlled substances. You have your ambience and then you got your psychedelics. So. Drugs is a very broad subject. Uh, it's hard to narrow it down, but once you're in the drug world, you sort of experience it all of it. <laughs> I like how you said drug world. <laughs> yeah, so she's she's right. She's you got the depressants, you got the stimulants, hallucinants, ambience. Your uh, most common, I feel like marijuana. Uh, definitely if you're in fucking Colorado, like Nina is. <laughs> Did you introduce yourself? Did I say your name was Nina? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know her as Nina. She just recently had me call her that, so I might call her Nimet on accident. <laughs> um, Nina is better, I guess. She prefers it. Uh, okay, so with your history with drugs, um, do you kind of want to start off? on what, how old you were when it started for you, your issue, I guess. Issue sounds really terrible. I don't mean anything by that. Um, and then kind of explain how the addiction formed and how, hey, guys, she's actually sober. She's been sober. So how you became sober, because that's very important for people who are dealing with this kind of issue. Well, so. I started at a young age. Uh, I started developed anxiety and medication when I was in middle school. I got bullied a lot. That played a huge major role and my parents never really had a good marriage and I was always stuck in the middle. So I would get bullied in school and then I would go home and like just constantly hear them fight. So, you know, just getting into some group of friends and everything, you would start hearing stuff. So my first introduction to like 
alcohol, cigarettes, and weed was like when I was 12. So that's like sort of when I started my experimenting with like substances. Okay, so would you say that experimenting is different from actual addiction? It is. Like, everyone wants to experiment, which is normal, but it's just, like, how you do it and how you approach it and what you're doing it for. Like, there, those, like, play a huge factor in that. Okay. I know that you had your addictive, um, like, drugs, but you also had your fun drugs, your yeah. hallucinant drugs. When you went to go have fun, you went to go party, you went to go have a good trip, right? Do you want to kind of say what kind of hallucinants you, t- you like, experimented with? I mean, I pretty much experimented with all. <laughs> um, I like, you know, a variety of drugs. I never was afraid to try anything new. It was, I was mostly, like, those excited people that, like, yeah, I never did that. Let's do it now. You know, if you have it, like, let's go. <laughs> I was that kind of a person always. I was never afraid just because... You know, I was dealing with so much in my personal life that I was like, I'm okay just doing anything right now just to not think about what I've been always going through on a daily basis. It just drugs sort of helped me cope through. So I didn't care if it was drugs I was addicted to versus party drugs. I did basically use it for the same reasons. reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure back then, that's basically the reality of it. Okay, I don't want to kind of hop around. I have so many questions, but going back to um, hallucinants that you tried, what kind of drugs have you tried for that? So I started off with shrooms. Um, I like shrooms. It was it gave me more of a head uh, a head high. I didn't hallucinate like had visuals as much. I was in my head space a lot, overthinking and everything like that. Um, obviously my vision did change to a point where it was obvious that I was high. Um, but then I sort of went on to acid and those come in these like little, little tabs and the longer you can keep it under your tongue, the better your high is. Just don't swallow it cause then it just sort of ruins that. But as soon as I figured out the correct way to do and I got a good tab, um, acid took me to like a whole nother world that I actually did it for a while and I would also do microdosing uh, if oh. no one is aware of it you found ways to do actually psychedelic where you still function out throughout the day which uh, fun fact um, universities are currently doing studies to make that as a medical legalization to a lot of like for instance PTSD uh, patients. I love that you brought up the microdosing because that has become a big part of it. A lot of people are using it to help them rather than actual long-term trips, yeah. um, just to help them on a daily basis, uh, you know, just to get through the day. So, um, would you ever do microdosing? Yeah, I've done it a bunch of times. I mostly have done it with acid. I, I have like doing it with shrooms too, but... It's a different effect. I prefer the effects of acid over shrooms. I like the body uh, euphoria you get a bit more 
on LSD versus shrooms. So that was my personal preference. Would you recommend for people when they first start doing any hallucinants to do microdoses, or would you tell them to kind of do the full thing? Uh, to play safe, I definitely recommend microdosing so you get familiar with what a high is supposed to actually feel right if it's the first time you've ever done drugs like if you've never smoked weed like you don't know what a drug actually feels like since it's different than alcohol microdosing will give you that knowledge before having a full-on trip since it does lay last about uh six to eight hours like it just doesn't go away quickly you're in it for a while <laughs> okay with that being said would you recommend for someone to actually maybe smoke marijuana before they actually do any hallucinant yeah. To make sure that they can, like, kind of handle a high. Because, well, I know the high is not similar, right? It's different. But hallucinants are, you have to be in a good headspace. Correct. Yeah, for all of them. Correct. Okay. So, name hallucinants. So, you got, what, LSD, shrooms, PCP? Yeah. Um, that definitely causes a lot of hallucination, hallucination, delusions as well. Like you will hear stuff. So like you'll get a lot of those people that will keep on turning their heads like right and left as if they're like tweaking out, like with PCP, oh. um, you sort of like have like a whole trip on those. But uh, a lot of people may know it as angel dust. That's basically what PCP is. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you say angel dust. That's a street name. Yeah. What other street names are there for drugs? Because there's some people that might not know anything about drugs. I know for someone like me, I don't. I, I don't experiment with it drugs. depends, like, what kind of drugs you're being around in. There's slangs honestly it depends on like what state and what city you're in you know really i would go to east coast and talk about like i'll hear people talking about these things and i'm like what is that and then they'll be like oh like that's like you know some rocks like cocaine i'm like okay why can't you just say rocks like they'll use a completely different term i don't remember it but <laughs> like it depends on what city you're from those slangs just develop within the neighborhoods and it just like basically spreads that's how it's formed, but like, for instance, you know, cocaine, everyone knows it as rock and powder and white girl and things like that. White girl. I mean, cocaine, I heard the term like, I'm going to go powder my nose. That's very old, I'm assuming. <laughs> that is super old. I don't know if people still use that term. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's like easily understandable, so like, even if you don't use it, you will catch what you're talking about. Like, yeah. definitely. It would not be misinterpreted, like, at all. Okay, so... Going back to depressants. Uh, going back to anything besides hallucinants, because you've only done those a couple times or whatever for your party phase, right? I, a couple of times might sound a little. I've done drugs majority of my life. Um, right, that's kind of what I'm trying to tie back into is you did have an addiction to drugs. You yeah. Prescription medication and even, would you say, non-prescription medication? I mean, like, non-prescription medication would be, like, I wasn't, well, I got, uh, so, like, I first started, like, smoking weed 
drinking alcohol and all, I didn't really know what drugs were until like I actually had back problems and I went to my family doctor and he prescribed me hydrocodone. I was like 14 years old and he prescribed me the five milligram with like a, a lot of Tylenol in it and he gave me like 120 of these like with this like huge bottle. I realized that not only it will help my back actually not hurt, I felt good. So I started questioning because I mean, I was always trying to find ways to escape because I had a rough childhood and I was like hiding my sexuality, dealing with my parents, like they would fight all the time. I was always looking for ways to like just get out and I tried to run away and stuff, but like nothing seemed to help and I realized how good of a headspace I would I was in. So I was like, what if I took two pills instead of one? And I felt even better. I was like, what is this? So I did research and found out what I was actually taking and that there's money involved in this and there's actually drugs that are even like a lot harder and higher doses than what I was taking. Okay. Um, that's kind of a lot. Um, so you're saying that's how your addiction started because you were trying to cover something up. You were trying to make yourself feel better. And And I just had the, I mean, it was in my hand. I was, you know, given this without, my parents didn't know what they were. Like usually parents, if, you know, if you're pretty knowledgeable about medications and if your 14 year old gets hydrocodone that much prescribed to them, I would stop the doctor and be like, why are you giving this to my child? A child, yes. You know, my parents were not knowledgeable on this, so I can't say it was their fault. It was just the doctor taking advantage of me because heading a little on to the future, he did get his license provoked in. He's oh, no longer able to be a medical I doctor. I did not know this. Yeah, I wasn't the only victim of his patients. Oh, my goodness. There were other people he has prescribed over narcotics because they do make money off of prescribing I did not oh I did not know this that's complete (laughs) fresh news to me um I know things are kind of different now with any kind of like painkillers right yeah at least in Arizona it's more strict Colorado since we're legal here with marijuana recreationally like uh they're very strict with prescribing any painkillers They'll say, why Arizona do you too. smoke weed then? You know, like, yeah. they drug test you a lot more frequently and everything. Yeah. Okay, people are trying, people are starting to realize what kind of bullshit this is. <laughs> Basically. Um, with addictions, I do want to ask, I have asked you before, but not enough for people to hear. Do you think that, because pe- you're very empathetic, do you think that people who are very empathetic deal with addictions more than those who are not? Yeah, just because we just tend to feel so much and just keep those feelings in and we just can't release it, you know, and sometimes it could just last a lot longer than you could accept it, expect it to go and you just look for an easy way out so it's easy to grab, you know, a bottle of vodka, it's easier to snort a line of Percocet, it's easier to pop a bar of Xanax because it's there for you, you know how to get it, you know how good it feels, so it's like, 
why not if you're at a point it's self-medicating yeah you don't want to feel any pain you don't want to feel any type it's of very sorrow. selfish like obviously <laughs> yeah like people go through that and go through harder times and they still don't go into drugs Praise and props to you. Like I always, I always envy people like that. I wish I was right. strong enough, but people have to understand when you're going through so many as so much. We all have certain different levels of emotional barriers, and there's only so much a person could take. That's what I don't like is that people automatically are so quick to judge someone, yeah. and it's like if you're not in their position, you really can't. You can't say much because you don't know what they're dealing with. You don't know how they deal with anything, like their emotions yeah. and stuff like that. Um, okay, so you did say you started early with any type of drug, but you ha- you are sober. How long have you been sober? Um, I have been sober for like about a year and going on to almost six months. Okay, I'm going to clap because <laughs> any type amount of soberness is worth celebrating yes because it's hard yeah and you said it yourself you even told me was it yesterday that you were tempted to do something i don't want to get into details because it has to do with whatever so you always have temptation yeah it's always there it's always going to be there like you said and um it's just something you had to deal with yeah, it's something that you just have to accept it, but just don't forget that even when you still have those temptations and cravings and those low moments that you just want to just give up, just try to remember that you should be so proud of yourself and you are proud of yourself to be where you at right now. So, like, don't ruin it. Even if it's just day one for you, that's still a progress. That is, is something to celebrate. Like, every single day counts. All right. Well, with addiction, with drugs, I think a lot of people don't think that alcohol is considered a drug. It is. But it is. It's a substance control which causes addictions or else why do we have thousands and thousands of Americans only that is alcoholics? Why do people die from it? People die from alcohol? We have alcohol poisoning. I've watched... Okay, yeah. Alcohol poisoning, (laughs) yes. I I understand that. Your liver will completely shut down if yes. you add one too much. It's it's all real, and I've seen it because I've worked in the medical field. I've seen people that party just way too hard that one night, and they're hospitalized for years, and they have to be on all these machines and respiratory things. That's and terrible. That's how you're living your life, and it, it sucks. Okay. Would you... You don't have an alcohol problem. I don't. <laughs> My stomach doesn't like alcohol too much. <laughs> I have IBS. So, like, <laughs> I'll drink it to have fun, but I can't see myself drinking so much to be an alcoholic every single day. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I joke around that I'm an alcoholic. I really <laughs> hope that I'm not, you know. Uh, I do drink, but I don't do anything else. I used to actually smoke right that's a lot of the times when i would hang out with nina we would hang out with it was me nina our two two or three friends like miguel alex and ashley um 
we were all in like a terrible mental place at the time and so we were definitely doing things we weren't supposed to be doing uh we were constantly high smoking weed we were constantly drinking constantly on oxycodone or what was the muscle relaxer like What's it? somas somas and we went to the point of even crushing them and snorting them and we were all just we were there for each other but at the same time we were all doing with our own bullshit and kind of just doing that i know for i was fortunate to have someone come into my life and basically say like this you can't be doing this and so they pulled me away from it they pulled me away from my group of friends they were my really close friends but like at the same time i was we weren't doing anything that was good for one another and uh so i got away from the drugs unfortunately i believe miguel did not you did not you actually became worse yeah after we started hanging out i just kept going down and down the hill um i used to like i used to be a drug dealer um i would get so much uh i would get so much medications honestly prescribed that i would give them out and make extra money i was young and dumb and I didn't have a job and I wanted to make extra money, but <laughs> every drug dealer knows their number one deal rule. Don't get high on your own shit. <laughs> shit. That's what I did. And I was highly addicted to oxycodone. Uh, it came to a point where I would refuse to pop them because all I did was snort them. And I would... But see, who even taught you to snort? Um, Who said, like, snorting would be a better... I did research. Okay. Yeah. So Nina's over here doing her own fucking research. <laughs> like, she's like, whatever's going to get me there quicker. Um. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I would snort them, and I did a lot. And it would get to a point where, like, um, if you guys were ever a fan of, like, the Wild Boys, like, with Steve-O... Like, yeah. he would snore so much, he actually had a hole in his nose, and I was afraid of getting back, because I would snort so much drugs on my nose, where, like, I would sometimes even have nosebleeds. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty scary when my nose was bleeding. It just, like, sort of tried to, like, hit me with rea- reality, like, you need to stop doing this. But, but did you? But as soon as it stops bleeding, that fear goes away, and all you could think about was, like, okay, well, now I can snort another line. That's just, like, your addiction talking. Okay, yeah, addiction is very hard. I cannot... It's not easy. No. Do you have any tips for anyone on dealing dealing with addiction, first of all? Oh, especially... Okay, would you say... Would you recommend for people to ask for help? Yeah. Uh, I didn't ask for help for years and years just because not everyone could help you. When I went to the hospital for some help, um, I didn't get any kind of help. So I had to just get out and find a way to get out, which I did. Just because it wasn't the help that I was looking for. They just treated me like a number versus an actual human being. Um, I was getting my medications like 8 in the morning, 8 at night, eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. You would get one hour of outside time, and you would have to go to AA meetings and do group meetings and everything. 
and then you're in bed by nine and it's like repeating the same thing and then I realized what it was and I wasn't getting better I just had to realize that if I wasn't surrounded by the people that I needed support from to help me out of this I had to force myself to do that by myself and force myself to find those people and it took years I'll say that it so, took me years to find that finally are you saying like any facility that kind of helps with addictions are you saying they don't help no you don't think they help you have to find honestly um out of all the nurses i dealt with within my own facility there was one legitimate nurse that actually seemed like she cared about us she was that's sad yeah that is sad everyone else was like they would come and ask me questions just because they had to write their notes it was part of their job no. and then they would just walk away i'm like i would just left there alone because i was like i thought you wanted to talk to me i thought you wanted me to open up but you just wrote out a couple of sentences that walked away yeah so i just was left dumbfounded like all right <laughs> no that's not good. So have you actually been to AA meetings? I have when I was in the facility. I was supposed to keep up with it after I got out, but I went straight back to doing drugs. Why? Why? Because I just felt... I, I just... I thought I was going to get help when I was first admitted it in there. And I was there for almost a week. I know it's not long enough. You should definitely invest at least a few months of getting help with AA meetings and group meetings but just the way I was being treated I was like this is not right I know better I know I deserve better plus the conditions of the facilities are nasty mm -hmm. I was like I just felt like a weird ass prisoner like yeah, I was just not this desperate broken soul that I just needed help I just felt like a prisoner it was just disgusting Yes. Okay. Well, I know that you've been sober. How were you able to finally become sober? And what kind of tips do you have for people for for, for people who don't want to go to a facility because they're freaking shit? Like, how would you... What would you recommend to them on becoming um, sober? I got lucky because I have a little sister that I care deeply about. And all my life, I just wanted her to be happy, and I would do my best. And after I saw her struggling and me trying to tell her to do better when I wasn't doing better, I felt like I was lying to her face. So I wanted her to believe me. So I knew I had to do better. So that honestly pushed me into not doing drugs, not doing self-harm, actually trying not to be depressed and controlling my anxiety and all of that, it just helped me. But not a lot of people have that. Some people are completely alone in this world. Either they were banished from their family members or they lost everyone or whatever your case is. It's hard because trying to find that little piece of hope sometimes it just doesn't exist until you find it, but some people can't wait to find that little piece of hope. So they just give up and they relapse or whatever they do. <laughs> right. 
you were fortunate enough to have something to so, actually work for. Yeah, you just got to, like, hold on as long as you can and just wish and hope and do your best to push Did yourself. Did you at all see any type of therapist? Did you at all, like, pick up any hobbies to kind of distract yourself? What did you use to kind of help replace that addiction? I smoked a lot more weed, I'll be honest on that. I've yeah. always smoked weed, but... I invested my money to be spent more on weed than more than usual, just so, yes, it's not the best coping mechanism, and I don't know if it's going to work for me 10 years from now, but it's working for me now. That's what I tell people, because people will come out to me and be like, oh, do you want to smoke weed all your life? Right yeah. now, my answer is yes. I don't know what my answer would be in 10 years, but it's working right now. So I used weed a lot. And honestly, just invest in myself to work a lot more. So I'm trying not to miss any more days of work. I'm, we're doing overtime just because that helped me just distract myself from not thinking that I'm so depressed or I'm so alone and I'm so anxious and all of that. I just right. have better things to just think So about. keeping yourself occupied, keeping yourself busy. You didn't see a therapist. No. So, hey, guys, she was strong enough to freaking <laughs> kind of get sober by herself, smart enough to realize you should distract yourself. Um, she did replace um, her addiction with, what, marijuana. But, like, even if you don't want to replace your addiction with marijuana, you can replace your addiction uh, with a hobby. I would recommend, like, any a kind of hobby. A lot of people work out. Uh, yeah, workout. Like, that creates a great natural uh, dopamine to yes. be released into your bloodstream, which yes. is what drugs do to you. It yes. creates a great euphoria, which is exactly what drugs do to you. A lot of people go to exercising or just fun hobbies. Like, if you like art, you draw music, play music, anything like that. <laughs> I meant draw pictures. <laughs> or even just have a great support system. If you, if you do have friends, <laughs> anyone you can talk to and kind of tell, like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, I'm not a perfect person. Kind of help distract me. I'm sure if they're, they've always been there for you, they're going to be for the, be there for you now. Uh, I know that has worked for me. And um, with, with marijuana, you said you replaced your addiction with marijuana. So what's your opinion on marijuana? First of all... Would your opinion on marijuana be the same if you didn't live in Colorado? And also, do you think that what are like? Do you think the benefits for marijuana are way better than like? Do you honestly think it's a better replacement? It is. It's a lot healthier of a choice. I don't understand why people think that maybe they could get away from not developing lung disease because one if you're smoking it it's still gonna cause you to have smoker's lungs it's a given fact our lungs are not <laughs> meant to have those foreign objects inhaled but there are healthier options a lot of people are doing now like edibles and you make it into a butter and cook it with your food put it in your tea and coffee there are better options. I just prefer smoking. <laughs> That's just a personal preference. It's a healthier option. Um, I can't think of anyone who has overdosed on medical, like marijuana. Uh, I don't know if it has even been recorded. 
I know some people in Colorado were saying like, oh, I got hospitalized because I smoked weed and my stomach kept hurting. A lot of people fail to realize that stomach pains happen because you cough a lot when you smoke. Um, and strong coughs can actually make you puke because <laughs> wow. it triggers your uh, uh, acid reflexes. So your only option that your body knows how to do that is to just puke. So your brain just sends that signal. So I just thought it was funny that I was reading those in the articles. I'm like, you just got too high and didn't notice it. (laughs) Okay. But other than that, I never read anything like, oh, this person died from smoking too much weed. You will most likely pass out way before you could ever get to an overdosing point. Okay. (laughs) Well, for someone who's completely new to, like, marijuana, can you describe like indicas and like sativas is that what it's called and like what to look out for as far as in percentage of your THC especially for your newbies and if they should smoke through a bong if they should smoke through a pipe just kind of give advice for people who are completely brand new um anyone who has smoked weed knows that there are three strains there is a sativa which is more uh this the type is like called a like a stimulus one where you will be more able to be productive with there's an indica which is the complete opposite a lot of people smoke it during nighttime it's a nice body high versus the head high like can we pause okay so can you explain (laughs) i'm sorry can you explain body high and head high so there is a huge difference when you smoke weed you will notice a difference when you smoke a pure sativa you will notice that it's more of a head high, meaning you're in your head a little bit more. Like you talk to yourself more. It's more of that you feeling mostly within your mind versus your body. If that makes sense. If you ever done drugs, you'll know the feeling. But I'm saying like if they've never done drugs. If you've never done drugs, it's harder to explain, but just be expected to mostly feel a better head space and a head high versus feeling it physically on your body don't forget it's still weed the more you smoke the more stoned you're still gonna get so you're you will fall asleep and regardless if it's sativa or hybrid or indica it's still weed (laughs) so you're saying that fall asleep either way yeah people don't understand like oh it's sativa i can smoke five grams of it in one day (laughs) that's a lot like it's still weed you guys you're still gonna pass out because you're so high you're gonna like get a nice good sleep even though it's a sativa strain it's still weed (laughs) yes yes so what kind of did you recommend bong did you recommend pipe like joint what did you recommend I mean, for a starter, definitely, one, use a lower percentage of THC. (laughs) Um, What's the lowest that you can actually get from a dispensary? Do you know? No, because I get the really high ones. You get the really high. Okay, well, then what what is the highest you can get? The ones I personally have smoked, it was mostly street weed. And street weed, especially, like, in places like AZ... Uh, the ones at least I used to get back in like 2015, 2016 and all, uh, before coming to Colorado, it would have been ranging anywhere from like 10% to like 14%. 
And I think that's a, a good range of dosage to start for a beginner. Okay, well, referring back to weed, THC and CBD. What's your opinion on CBD? CBD has all the health benefit effects. Okay. It doesn't cause a high like that. It may have, like, relaxing effects, like a natural, for instance, melatonin would, but it doesn't create a head high or a body high. Would you recommend for someone to try... Because CBD is legal in a lot of places, yeah. yeah. So would you recommend for someone to do kind of like CBD before they ever actually do weed, THC? You can, but it's such a different experience where... As soon as you try THC, you're like, yeah, this is new. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not going to help you get to that point. You just honestly have to just start with lower amounts of THC to figure out this is what the effects are. Okay. And then um, hash. Can you explain hash? Um, it's just pure forms of marijuana. Like, we've been extracting oils um, like the keys and everything and just forming them into more pure uh, forms of THC. It's still all natural substances. We don't add anything to it. Uh, it's just that pure THC high we get. So if you get a flower that's 30%, but you buy a whole bag of hash and stuff, those could range anywhere from 60 to, you know, upper 90 percentages of THC. Okay. Okay, hopefully that kind of gives people an idea of what to expect. Yeah. Um, for, we kind of, we went over your addiction, your soberness. Um, you gave advice on what, like, people could do to kind of help with their soberness. You went over hallucinants. And did you go over the fact, like, how would you have any tips for a good trip, for your first trip? Um, you know, weed and psychedelics go hand in hand. So if it's like your first time trying a drug like that, where you know it's going to have a both mind and a body effect, definitely be around people who are experienced. So if you do go into a bad place, they can really help you get pulled out. Like, uh, they'll know that a certain song will make you happy, so they'll play it for you or a certain smell or a certain, I don't know, whatever your thing is, they'll know you to get you, you know, pulled back into reality and have you at least enjoy a trip. Would you recommend that they're sober? Depends on the person who is enough experience. I've sat down with newcomers uh, before while being high myself. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then definitely be sober. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, would you recommend them eating any type of foods? Depending on what you're honestly on high of. Marijuana, obviously, when you're eating it, it just tastes even better. You will binge on a whole, like, 20 plate of tacos in one <laughs> sitting without a problem. Yeah. But foods like uh, shrooms and acid, let's say, it's really, really hard to eat with those, especially when you look at a plate of food. You're hallucinating, so you're going to look at it like you may see like the sauce move around and be all wiggly. You're like, I'm not eating that. That's gross. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I've heard, I've heard, I don't know from experience, but like with any hallucinants, that some people would recommend eating fruits. 
I yeah, don't know. it can enhance the high a lot, like grapefruits. Okay, I fucking uh, hate grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> I love grapefruits, and it's uh, one of those fruits that enhances a lot of drug effects. So yes. that's a hundred percent given. Uh, but if you're a newbie, do not fucking yeah, eat any grapefruit. <laughs> uh, maybe if you're like hardcore and you kind of want to experience it twice as much. It works if you don't believe me. It really works, and you don't have to eat it. There's grapefruit juice. Just get the Drink pure it. grapefruit juice. No sugar is added. It really works. It doesn't okay. answer high. How, we have not discussed how long trips are. How long do the, uh, hours? Right. Yeah. If you're popping, what? If you're taking, I'm sorry, like tabs, like of acid. Tabs are like these little square pieces of paper. Uh, that you lay under your tongue or shrooms are you know they go by grams so um be expected to be high for at least six to eight hours i have seen people go for 12 hours or more uh depending on how much you really ate and how your body does it yeah i was gonna say does it depend on your body your body weight like your diet yeah it, it does play a huge factor okay thankfully mine was like maximum eight hours for sure so what tell them like drink a lot of water beforehand that's a huge plus you will sell you will save yourself having a major pounding headache you still might get a headache but it won't be that pounding where you just want to hit your head on the wall just to pass out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure anyone with migraine knows that feeling where it just hurts so bad. You just want to go to sleep. Uh, when you're coming down, though, that's the bad part of psychedelics or any kind of drug is that come down. You just feel so, so shitty that it's insane. So I recommend doing stuff like... if. You know, smoking weed, that always helped me just to do, like, a little pick-me-upper, drinking water, and forcing yourself actually to eat. Because you're not going to have any appetite, but just getting electrolytes into your system, water into your system, sugars and protein. Potassium. It really, yeah, like, all of those really help. It's hard, but you just got to force yourself to do it. Okay. That sounds, that sounds good. Do you, you've never experienced a bad trip. I have. You have. What you talking about? Oh, oh, <laughs> I did not know this. Okay. I have. So advice on um, what happens if you do have a bad trip? What? Never, How do you get ever, out of it? Ever. Number one rule of drugs. Everyone should know this. Don't mix your shit. Crossfade it. No, girl. Crossfade it. It usually goes with, like, weed and some other things. Alcohol. Weed and alcohol. <laughs> like, for instance, you're never supposed to mix downers and uppers. Okay, yeah. Unless if you want to have a heart attack. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> so your bad trip was because you did you mixed. So I was addicted to Oxy. So I would constantly be on high dosages of Oxycodone. Mm. And if there was another drug in front of me, I'd be like, yep, I'll do it. And a lot of those are like acid, and you will have the worst trip of your life. Right. I want you to explain yours. Uh, <laughs> it starts off really bad. Uh, you will. I puke my guts out usually. Oh no. <laughs> um, when you start feeling ha. the psychedelics hit, and you're already on another drug. 
your body's trying to reject it, right? Your body's just trying to get into a normal mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. So the number one thing our bodies do is throw up. So I throw up. Yeah. But you're already on drugs, so you know you're going to have a bad trip as soon as you throw up. Yeah. <laughs> and then the hallucination, the hallucinus, hallucination. <laughs> we get what you're saying. Hallucination. Yeah. It's <laughs> you hard. You'll see people's Be- eyes drooping right in front of you. Mm. You'll see everything checkered. Time goes so slow. Okay, but how do you, you get yourself out of that? You can't. Not That's even your thing. friends that are like babysitting you can help talk you out of it? They can try their best. I never had anyone as experienced to help oh. me through that. Later on in life, I was that so experience. So, what did you do? Did you regret? It didn't ruin your experiences for future. I still did drugs. <laughs> Even after having bad trips, I had several bad trips. It's just the fact that I was mixing other drugs with it what caused my bad trip. Like, you never should mix drugs. Especially with drugs like psychedelics when it's very intense. Okay. For someone who's completely, like innocent who's never done drugs not even drink and anything like that but they're kind of curious on what's going on of course i don't think you'd recommend any type of prescription medication because that is no joke i think a lot of times people experiment with hallucinants right or marijuana so uh what's your personal favorite what do you recommend uh for them to try because hallucinants are very scary. All right, that's a why a lot. Be. Yeah. It can be very intense. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, like, you know, just depends on who you are. Like, some people are very sensitive. And it can <laughs> yeah. traumatize you for months, even if you have that bad of a, okay. that bad of a reaction. Like, if this is, this, this, these are true. Like, people have gone through that. Um, and all you wanted to do was have fun. But honestly, if you really are desperate, you just want to know what a drug is. Just smoke weed. Like, nothing bad's going to happen. The worst thing you could do is drive yourself to, like, a hamburger place, yeah. eat two burgers, two large fries, and pass the hell out. Yeah. That's the worst thing that yeah. could happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I would recommend for someone. Okay, so I'm not that experimented, like, compared to you. But I would definitely recommend, if you're trying to feel something, I guess... Do marijuana because it's not as crazy as any prescriptions or hallucinants. And with marijuana, I would recommend indica over, uh, yes, over sativa. That's my personal preference. I used to be someone who actually would smoke 24-7, I feel like. Also, watch out for acne, dude. Like, no joke. It created so much acne for me. But anyways, I would do an indica. I would kind of be at home, maybe order some food or whatever, and just relax and do that. Do not do it from a freaking bong. That was my mistake. Well, it was my friend's mistake. It was Miguel's mistake. Do not do it from a bong. I would recommend from just, like, a do one freaking hit, like, and then kind of wait a little bit and see how you feel. Yeah. Uh, right? You would say so? The same thing. Yeah, you do get higher, like, per minute. So if you're like, oh, I'm feeling a light buzz now, that buzz will get more strong. So definitely give it, if you're a beginner, like, at least 10 to 20 minutes and be like, 
Okay, are you ready for another hit? I feel okay. like playing it safe is better than being sorry. Yes. Uh, with that being said, I am going to say try to stay away from any prescription painkillers, like, you know, your depressants or whatever. Try to stay away from that. Alcohol, watch yourself. It is so easy to kind of, like... <laughs> not realize that you become an alcoholic because it's a gradual thing i feel like unless you, can you really lose yourself easily with, with alcohol like oh it's normal everyone drinks right <laughs> um so watch yourself with that hallucinants make sure you have the right people who are surrounding you make sure you do your own research make sure you maybe try microdosing beforehand and uh, make sure you're in the right headspace that's important and uh, the wise, I would say try marijuana. It's so common and so uh, good. And I do want to say before I do end it, in no way are we like, I just want to disclose that we're not promoting drugs or the use of drugs. And that if you do decide to experiment, please do be safe. With that being said, do you have anything else to say before we close it off? Um, just like Janelle said, do your research. Yes, very <laughs> um, important. Every new thing I would try, literally right then and there, if it was in front of me and I didn't know about it, I would pull my phone out and do my Google research. Yes. Everything is online. Please know what you're getting yourself into. If you are not sure, there are drug kits out there that can actually save your life. You have no idea how many times people want to be rolling, like taking mollies and ecstasy, and not knowing that that's actually ecstasy, and they're going to be, like, basically brain damaged for life. Yes. Why not? Know the consequences. (laughs) Uh, Definitely. Watch for addictions. Um, if If you are currently dealing with an addiction right now, I definitely hope the best for you. It is not easy whatsoever. Uh, if not, have some fun. People do have fun. Yeah, I mean, don't be ashamed to admit it that you have a problem. Please, like, if you don't have people who understand you, then obviously those people should not be people that you're surrounding yourself with. Yes. And if it's family members, which I have experienced before, then those family members obviously do not understand, so it's not even worth talking to them about it. Just find people who will and just work with them. A That's good the support system, yes. Okay, well, thank you guys for tuning in. This is Fuzzy Brain. I'm Janelle. My guest is... Nina. Nina. Uh, thank you, Nina, for being here and kind of explaining everything. I hope you guys tune in for another episode, and we'll see how that goes. Bye. 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 <laughs>